The message you are about to hear was preached at the Fountain of Life Church in Lukwaju, Lagos. Be blessed as you listen. Greetings to pastors Taiwo and Namthi Odukoya and all the pastors and leaders and members of the Fountain of Life Church, Lagos. Uh, it's a great honor for me to stand here to be one of the guest speakers at this great conference World Explosion, World Explosion Conference 2021. I don't treat this lightly. It's a great honor. And I want to thank um, uh, you, sir and ma, for the opportunity to uh, minister at the conference. You know, my wife and I are actually members of the Fountain of Life Church. Yeah, we've been members uh, since uh, 1994. And actually, we got married in Fountain of Life. So, uh, Fountain of Life is uh, very dear to our hearts. And I want, once again, I want to appreciate Pastors Taiwo and Namthi Odukoya for the great work that you are doing in Lagos through Fountain of Life Church and all the leaders and members of Fountain of Life. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to be speaking about possessing your possession. Possessing your possession. Praise the Lord. And I was just, you know, thinking about this topic in prayer. And I find it's important for us to understand our possession. If we're going to possess our possession, then we need to understand our possession. Glory to Jesus. We have to understand our possession in Christ. In Christ. Now, another word for possession is the word inheritance, which is what we have received from God in Christ. There's an inheritance that we have received from God in Christ. Glory to Jesus. This inheritance is our birthright. You could call this our birthright. Our birthright as a result of the redemptive work of Christ through the new birth. So this is our birthright. Glory to Jesus. So we have this, this birthright in Christ. We have this inheritance in Christ. And that's the possession that we are to possess. Now, why do we have to possess something which is already our inheritance? Well, because we live in this fallen world and there's a devil and there's an evil kingdom and the truth is that Satan because of the fall of man because of what happened when Adam disobeyed God and obeyed Satan he, he practically handed over what God had had put in place as our possession he handed over to Satan and that's one of the reasons why Jesus came Jesus came on a on a you could say repossession mission he came to start the process of repossession for us amen through his redemptive work so so right now what we have is a situation where satan is in possession to a large extent he's in possession of our possession <laughs> he is he's in possession of our possession to a large extent but he's in possession in an illegal sense. He is illegally in possession of our rightful possession. He is illegally in possession of our rightful inheritance. Praise the Lord. And that's why, that's why Jesus authorized us. After his resurrection, Jesus said to, that message wasn't just for his apostles, it was for all believers, his disciples. He says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now you go, go in my name. In other words, he commissioned us on a repossession mission. So this is a repossession mission. Glory to Jesus. He authorized us. He anointed us to go forth on a repossession mission. And I believe it's time for us as believers to rise up in this generation to rise up at this time and take possession of what belongs to us and i prophesy over someone who's watching 
someone who's listening, that this year will not pass you by. You will take a hold of your possession and you will start possessing your inheritance in Christ in the name of Jesus. And no obstacle will prevent you from repossessing your possession in Christ. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So, it's important to understand our possession in Christ. This is our inheritance, which is, which is now our inheritance as a result of the redemptive work of Christ. He redeemed us. Hallelujah. And he went to hell. And the Bible says uh, he made a public spectacle of the principalities and powers. And he disarmed them. All right. And he went to hell. And in other words, he went to hell and took back the authority from Satan, which he had taken from Adam. So the first Adam lost the authority. The second and last Adam retrieved it. Hallelujah. He retrieved it. And then he gave it to us and says, you know what? Where Adam stopped or where Adam failed, I commission you to start from that point and continue on this eternal assignment. Glory to Jesus. So we're back on track now. We're back on track through the walk of Jesus Christ. We're back on track through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. So another word for possession is inheritance, like I said, which is what we have received in Christ as our birthright, as our birthright, as a result of the redemptive work of Christ and through the new birth. In other words, our possession is our birthright inheritance. Now it's important to understand. Let me throw more light on, on, on what I just said now birthright the rights that come with birth you know you have different countries and you know you have situations where for instance if somebody is born in a country they become automatic citizens of that country and they have certain rights as a result of being born in that particular country so those rights are referred to as birthrights Hallelujah. So we have been born into Zion. We have been born of God and born into Zion. So we have birthrights. As citizens of Zion, we have birthrights. Glory to God. All right. So I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read a scripture from 1 John chapter 5, verse 1. 1 John 5, 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Wow, what a statement. That's a heavy statement. Glory to Jesus. To be born of God. So if you have put your faith in Jesus, then in, as a matter of reality, you are born of God. Which means... God gave birth to you. Wow. God gave birth to you. You are the offspring of God. Glory to Jesus. You are born of God. If we are born of God, brethren, if we are born of God, then the implication is immense. The implication of being born of God. Let's look at another scripture, Romans 8 verse 16. Romans 8 verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Notice, we are born of God, which makes us what? His children. So once you are born of God, the Holy Ghost begins to witness to you, to, 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 to give you an assurance, to give you an assurance that you are a child of God. Wow children of God. You know, we sing about being, being children of God and I, I feel that so many times we don't even realize the, 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 the full import of what we're singing when we sing about being God's children. That's immense. That's powerful. Look at what it says. It says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Now watch this. Look at the next verse. 
And if children, in other words, if we're truly children, then what's the implication? Then heirs, heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Wow. So once you're a child of God, you become an heir of God. But not just an heir of God, you are a joint heir with Christ. What does it mean to be an heir? To be an heir means to have the right of inheritance. The right of this possession we're talking about is our right. We're not trying to possess something that is not our own. We are possessing our possession. That's why I love the title. Possessing your possession. It's your possession. But it's in the wrong hands. So we must advance and we must possess our possession. We must repossess our possession. Glory to Jesus. It's ours. Because we're heirs of God. We have the right of inheritance. We're heirs of God. And joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. Now he could have just said we're heirs of God. And left it at that, right? But he had to, he had to qualify what he meant by, by stating that we are joint heirs with Christ. In other words, we're heirs of God, but we're heirs of God in the sense that we are joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. In other words, you know, if, if he just left it as heirs of God, we could easily conclude that maybe you know, we have different percentages, different proportions. When it comes to the wealth of God, we have different proportions. Hallelujah. So, so you know, maybe Jesus has a certain proportion. And then, and then different people have different proportions. You see? And, and, and we could think like that. So he had to make it clear. He had to call us joint heirs. Notice he didn't say part heirs. He said joint heirs. Glory to God. So we don't have a part, and then Jesus has a part, and then each of us has a part. No. Joint earth means what he owns, what Jesus owns, I own. What Jesus owns, you own. Glory to God. What I own, he owns. What you own, he owns. We're joint earth. Whatever belongs to Jesus belongs to me, belongs to you. Say amen, somebody. Whatever belongs to Jesus belongs to you. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Now that's shouting ground right there. That's shouting ground. Glory to God. That's the kind of place we should just, you know, have a praise break. Hallelujah. And just dance and celebrate the goodness of God. We're joint heirs. So in other words, to understand, to understand, to fully understand our inheritance or our possession, we have to understand the inheritance of Jesus because we're joint heirs with him. We have to understand his inheritance. So let's take a quick journey quickly to John 16, John 16 verse 14. John 16 verse 14. It says, Jesus is speaking about the Holy Ghost. He says, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Hallelujah. Next verse, watch this. He will take of what is mine and declare to you. Jesus says, the Holy Ghost will take of what is mine and declare to you. Why should he declare what is his to me? Hallelujah. Why should he do that? Because we're joint heirs. You see? That's why it's important for the Holy Ghost to take of what belongs to Jesus and let us know. He has to let us know what belongs to Jesus. Because when I know what belongs to Jesus, then I know what belongs to me. Because we're joint heirs. We're joint heirs. Glory to God. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Wow. Now watch this. So we need to know what is his. Look at the next verse. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Wow. So what is ours? What is our inheritance? All things that the Father has are ours. Glory to God. That's our inheritance. Our inheritance is everything the Father has. That's our inheritance. Now think about that, guys. That's heavy. That's heavy. 
Now, when we're talking about possessing our possession, we're limiting the possession to just the earthly part of this inheritance. Right? There's an earthly part of the inheritance. But even after this age, the inheritance, the inheritance is beyond the earth. But we're, we're focusing on that which is our inheritance within the context of the earth and this age. Glory to God. So all things the Father has are His, which means all things the Father has are yours. It's mine, it's yours. Glory to God. Therefore I said, He'll take up mine and declare to you. Wow. Praise the Lord. So, so I, I, I know that we, we, we all know what belongs to the Father. We all know what belongs to the Father, right? But sometimes I think it's good to read some scriptures that will help us, you know, really connect better to that statement. Praise the Lord. Uh, so I'll, I'll give an example. If you go with me to, go with me to um, um, Matthew 6.13. Matthew 6.13 says Jesus is teaching about his disciples how to pray. He says, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours, speaking about the Father now, yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Now we know the power and the glory, uh, you know, uh, they, they belong to the kingdom. So he's, he's telling us, he's telling to the Father, he says, yours is the kingdom. Now don't forget what I said. All things that belong to Jesus, belong to us. And Jesus has told us that whatever the Father's, whatever is the Father's is his own. Whatever belongs to the Father belongs to him. Which means whatever belongs to the Father belongs to us as, as the body of Christ, as God's own children. Hallelujah. And he just let us know the kingdom belongs to him. The kingdom belongs to the Father. Amen. Now watch this. Luke 12, 32. Luke 12, 32. Listen to how he speaks to us. He says, do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Which kingdom? His kingdom. It belongs to him. It belongs to us. Because we're his children. We have the right of inheritance. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Look at 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 21. Paul is speaking here by the Spirit. Therefore, let no one boast in man, for all things are yours. All things belong to him, but we're his children. We have the right of inheritance. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus. Therefore, let no one boast in man, for all things are yours. All things are yours. Verse 22. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours. I love this. Next verse. And you are Christ's and Christ is God's. Hallelujah. What a, what a conclusion. What a conclusion. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, so all things are ours because all things are His. I'll just give you one, one more scripture. One more scripture. Haggai 2. Haggai 2 verse 7. Haggai 2 verse 7. This might help someone because we need to bring this, this inheritance, bring it home to where the rubber meets the road. Hallelujah. So, so Haggai 2 verse 7 says, and I will shake all nations, God is speaking, and they shall come to the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Very interesting word used for glory. It's the word kabod, and it literally means wealth. It means the wealth of the kingdom. It says, I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. Look at the next verse. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine. Remember, whatever belongs to the Father belongs to Jesus. Whatever belongs to Jesus belongs to us. Hallelujah. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So the wealth of the kingdom belongs to us. So when we go on this repossession mission, we're repossessing 
everything that is our right in Christ. That includes the peace of God. It includes the joy of the Spirit. It includes prosperity, the wealth of the kingdom. It includes our health, our physical health, our mental health, our spiritual health, wholeness, glory to God. It includes all the resources of the kingdom. Praise be to Jesus. All things are ours. So we should not have any lack in any area. That's why the book of Psalms, Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Paraphrase, I shall not be in want. I shall not want for anything. I shall not lack anything. Why? The Lord is my shepherd. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. This is important. So, 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 so it's important to identify our possession. To understand our possession. And then we can learn how to possess it. Now let me make one statement here. One statement which I'll, I'll explain it and then I'll, I'll, I'll talk about how to possess our possession. Alright? Our inheritance, this inheritance we're talking about, is delivered to us by grace. It is delivered to us by his grace. But it is accessed by our faith. Let me say it again. Our inheritance is delivered to us by his grace. But it is accessed by our faith. Grace is God's part. Faith is my part. Faith is our part. And that's where I think sometimes people mix it up. We don't live by grace. We live by faith. Because when you live by faith, then you're able to access the grace. And that grace is what brings the full supply. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So our inheritance is delivered by grace, but accessed by our faith. And that delivery mechanism is perfect. God will always deliver. So the problem is not with God. The truth is this, guys. The problem is not with grace. The problem is on the faith side. The faith side is where the problem is. Because God always delivers. But do we always receive? Do we always access what he delivers? No. God always delivers. Grace delivers. Acts 20 verse, verse 32. Acts Chapter 20, verse 32. So now, brethren, I commend you to God, watch this, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Let me read again that verse. Let me, let me, let, let me start from the beginning. It says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance and deliver the inheritance. Hallelujah. To all those who are sanctified, those who are saved. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So the word of his grace really enlightens us as to the operations of his grace, as to what his grace delivers, so that by faith, we can access it. Hallelujah. It comes by grace, but it is received by faith. Our faith is vital. Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, did you see that? By faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Through whom also Wow, I love this. So we're justified by faith. That's how we got saved. Now we're saved. What about our inheritance? What about our possession? Which is delivered by grace. So he now tells us in verse 2, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We have access by faith into this grace that delivers our inheritance to us. 
So how do I access my inheritance? By faith. By faith. Hallelujah. By faith. Glory to Jesus. I want you all to say this with me. Say, I access my inheritance by faith. Say with me, say, God delivers my inheritance to me by grace, but I access it by faith. You will surely access your inheritance. This year, 2021 will not pass you by. By the end of this year, you will realize that you have accessed so much of your inheritance. It has been waiting for you. But now the light is coming and now you're able to move in that light and access that which is yours. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, I want to say a few things about faith because that's really how we possess our possession. Faith. And I know we've, we've heard so many things about faith. We've, heard, we've, 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 we've uh, you know, been taught severally about faith. So I don't think there's anything new I could tell you about faith that you haven't heard before. But I feel there's certain aspects that need to be emphasized, especially when it comes to this topic, possessing our possession. There's a certain aspect of faith which is necessary. And you know, yesterday, when I woke up in the morning, I was getting ready for church and the Lord spoke to me about this particular aspect of faith. We need to have a revival in this area so we can really move in, in. You know, Jesus speaks about the gates of hell shall not prevail. Why did he say that? Because hell is in possession of our possession. And what hell has done Hell is in possession of our inheritance and hell has mounted up gates and fences around our inheritance trying to keep us away from that which is us. And that's why Jesus said concerning the church, he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I will build my church with the word of grace and the gates of hell will not prevail. So in other words, when we advance to take possession, they can't stop us. That's what he's trying to say. They will not be able to stop us. We will go through the gates because we have the authority to do so. We will go by faith. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. So, so, so faith, there's an aspect of faith which, is, which needs to be emphasized with regards to possessing our possession. And this is the, the fighting aspect of faith. There's a fighting aspect of faith. There's a fight to your faith. And you have to fight that fight. If you're going to possess your possessions, you have to fight the fight of faith. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Satan doesn't play fair. We're dealing with wicked spirits who will do anything to stop you from advancing. Do anything to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. Do anything to stop you from possessing your possession, especially in areas like, like, like the wealth of the kingdom. Satan will fight you. He'll fight any, any believer that wants to go and possess, repossess kingdom wealth because he knows what will happen when the church starts to possess their wealth, he knows what will happen in terms of the agenda of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah, he knows. He's using the wealth illegally to fund his lies. And he knows when it's in our hands, we will use it legally to fund the truth. That's why he fights it, because he hates the truth. He hates the truth. Praise the Lord. Incidentally, there's only one truth. I hear people today saying things like, my truth. What is your truth? If your truth is not consistent with God's truth, then what you're calling truth, your truth, is a lie. It might be a fact, but it's a lie because it's not consistent with God's truth. So we need to fight this fight because it's really a fight between lie the lie and the truth 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. So there's a fighting aspect of faith. And we need to learn how to fight this fight. First Timothy 6 verse 12. First Timothy 6 verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Or you could say, lay hold on the manifestations or the benefits of eternal life. How? Okay, I'm saved now. I have eternal life. But there are benefits. This life has its benefits. There's an inheritance that is connected to my eternal life. It says, how am I going to get to the place where I manifest it? Where I, I lay hold of it? In a tangible, as a tangible reality. How am I going to do that? He says, you've got to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. And then you lay hold. Catalambano. You seize it. You possess it. That's what it means. To possess it. How do I possess it? By fighting. We've got to fight, guys. We've got to fight. Many believers today don't want to fight again. Because sometimes we hear some messages that make us feel there's no fight. There's a fight. It's not the kind of fight that you struggle with the devil. It's not what I call chicken fight. But it's a fight nonetheless. And it's called a good fight because you win the fight, you win the fight before you fight it. Jesus already won the war. So all we're doing right now is enforcing the victory of Christ. That's why it's a good fight. It's a good fight because we have all the advantages. We have grace on our side. We have the hosts of heaven on our side. It's a good fight because the enemy has lost his ammunition. He's been disarmed. Hallelujah. So he's just a noisemaker. But in the real sense of it, he has nothing to match our firepower. So it's a good fight. Not for him, but it's a good fight for us. It's not a good fight for the enemy. And the, and the kingdom of Satan, but it's a good fight for me and for you. Say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we have to fight the good fight. We have to get used to fighting. We have to adopt, watch this now, adopt the fighting spirit. There's a fighting spirit. And that fighting spirit is actually the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a fighting spirit. And we have to start to flow with, with the Holy Ghost. We have to fight with him. Say amen. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We must be willing to adopt the spirit of faith. So we can fight the good fight. I'll say it again. We must be willing to adopt the spirit of faith. So we can fight the good fight. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 and since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written I believed and therefore I spoke we also believe and therefore speak now watch this it says we have the same spirit of faith now he just describes something about this spirit of faith which I want us to look into verse 8 verse 8 it says we are hard pressed on every side yet not crushed. It says, we are perplexed, but not in despair. Go ahead, next verse. It's persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Notice the language. This is within the context of the spirit of faith. What's going on here? He's letting us know that the spirit of faith is to help us fight the good fight. This verse 8 and verse 9 simply describes combat. What happens in combat? What happens when, we have, when we're in conflict with wicked spirits? Go back to verse 8. Let's read verse 8 again. It says we're hard pressed on every side. So they come at us from different angles, different sides. They bombard our minds with fiery darts. They try to oppress us. They try to suppress us. They try to paralyze us. It says, yet, they can't crush us because there's a fighter on the inside of me and I refuse to give in. 
I will never quit. And I won't even be on the defensive. I will be on the offensive. Shout amen, somebody. Glory to Jesus. He says we're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down. It may happen that, that in, this, in this faith life, you may find yourself knocked down at some point. But it says we're not destroyed. You can't destroy. You can't destroy a believer. Because we have this glory in earthen vessels. So no matter how much pressure comes, you can't crush me because, because the greater one lives on the inside. Hallelujah. And that greater one teaches me how to fight. He teaches my hands how to war. The fighting spirit lives in me. And he's turning me into a, a, a superpower fighter. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you let the Holy Ghost train you, he will train you to be a fighter. A great fighter. Because you have to fight. You know, it's like Joshua moving into the promised land was a type and shadow of our experience as believers. And notice how God spoke to Joshua in chapter 1. He says, every place the soul of your food will tread upon have given you. He says, no man, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. He says, but be strong and very courageous. In other words, you're going to have to fight for every inch of ground. But don't be afraid because I have you. I have you covered. I've got your back. Hallelujah. That's the same thing with us. You have to, for every inch of ground you gain, you fight a good fight to get it. Hallelujah. Whatever is delivered by grace, you must fight by faith to access. Yeah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So let me just kind of, you know, wrap this up like this. I want to talk about, in, in, in wrapping this up, fighting the good fight. What is required to fight the good fight successfully? Three things. Number one, a right mindset. Number two, a right attitude. And number three, the right confession. The right mindset, the right attitude, and the right confession. We must have the right mindset. Whenever you're going to engage the system of this world, Whenever you're going to engage the enemy and the forces of darkness, you must have the right mindset. Very important. This is called the mind of Christ. The mind of Christos. This is a dominion mentality. It's a dominion mentality. It's the mentality Jesus had while he walked on the earth, the streets of Galilee. He fought, but it wasn't the ordinary kind of fight. He fought from a place of dominion. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. From a place of dominion. And we're to fight from that same place. You see, we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Far above all the powers and, and the mights, dominions, every name that is named, we're far above. So you can't fight this fight on the ground level. You can't fight this fight successfully if you fight at the same level with your enemy. You have to take your place. You have to take your position. And you have to fight from above. That's what Jesus did. He fought from above. And when you fight from above, you can never lose. Because you fight from your vantage position of dominion. Glory to God. So really what you're doing is not a struggle. You're not struggling to see who wins. But you're forcing. You're forcing obedience. Glory to Jesus. You're forcing the forces of darkness to submit to the authority and the agenda of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So number one is the right mindset. We must approach this fight from the position of dominion where we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places far above. 
Thank you, Lord. Like I said before, we're not fighting to win. We have won. Jesus won already and gave us a victory. So we're simply fighting to enforce the victory of Christ in our lives, but also to enforce it in the lives of those who are captives, who Satan has taken captives. So we go past those gates. The gates can't stop us. We go into enemy territory and we rescue those who are captives. Hallelujah. So we're not just fighting for ourselves. We're fighting for those who, are, who have been held captive by Satan. So number one is the right mindset. Number two is the right attitude. There must be a spiritual anger if you're going to take possession of your possession. I don't mean carnal. You know, there's a carnal anger, but there's a spiritual anger. There must be also a spiritual toughness. Toughness. Endurance. And there must be a spiritual aggression if we're going to fight successfully. This is all about the right attitude. Spiritual anger. Is it okay to be angry? Should we be angry? Yes. At certain times, we should be angry. We should be angry at the unrighteous works of darkness. We should be angry when we see oppression. We should be angry when we see people cheated. We should be angry when we see the evil works of wickedness. We should be angry when the devil tries to stop us from taking possession of what belongs to us. We should be angry when the devil steals from us. When he steals, when he steals our health. When he steals our, our joy, our peace. We should be angry. And we should take possession. We should repossess whatever he tries to steal. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4.26. Ephesians 4.26. says, be angry. And do not sin. Notice, he didn't say, you know, uh, just in case you're angry. Do not sin. He says, be angry. That's a command. There's a place for anger. Spiritual anger. This is not carnal. This is righteous indignation. He says, be angry. But don't sin. You see, don't sin, but be angry. So guys... It's not enough. It's not, it's not okay to say, well, you know, it's just not my personality. It's just not my temperament. You know, I, I, don't get, I, I don't get angry in the spirit. There's a problem if you never get angry in the spirit. There must be a righteous indignation if you're going to fight the good fight properly. Because when you face the enemy, you don't face him in a gentle way. You don't face him in a nice way when you face the enemy. Loving people is different from facing devils. Hallelujah. God never commanded us to love Satan. We're to love people. We're not to love evil spirits. We're to be aggressive with them. Say amen. Hallelujah. All right. So you have spiritual anger and then you have them. You have, them, you have spiritual toughness. We have to become tough. Because Satan doesn't play fair. So he's going to try to do some things, try to do some things. He's going to try to punch you below the belt. He's going to try to just cheat the system and just do something just to discourage you. But you have to become tough. Spiritual toughness, endurance. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1. 2 Timothy 2 verse 1. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace. Hallelujah. So here we have grace that delivers the inheritance. And yet, we're told to be strong in that grace. Obviously, through our faith. We're to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 3. You therefore must endure hardness. Notice the context. How am I going to endure hardness? Endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. How? By being strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That's how you endure whatever the devil throws at you. You endure it. Hallelujah. Hard pressed, but not crushed. 
You must have that kind of mindset. You can't crush me. You can't stop me. I'm moving forward. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 11. Verse 11. This is a faithful saying. For if we died with him, we shall also live with him. Watch this. Next verse. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. You see, we're trying to reign without endurance. Reigning follows endurance. There are things we have to endure as believers. That's why we're called soldiers. Some bullets are going to come your way. Persecution will come. Attacks will come. But it's telling us to endure it and then reign. If you're not willing to endure, you will never reign. We're to reign as kings on earth. But we're also to endure, endure all the afflictions, all the attacks of the enemy. We're to endure. He's going to try to stop you from taking possession. He will. This is not a bad prophecy. This is reality. He's going to try to stop you from taking possession. So he'll do everything. He'll, he'll play dirty. So you must endure. And then you must reign. Glory to God. Christianity is not for wimps. It's not a timid experience. The Lord said to me, this is not a beauty pageant. This is, this is a conflict. This is contention between light and darkness. So spiritual anger, spiritual toughness, and then spiritual aggression. Matthew eleven twelve. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Notice, the kingdom suffers violence. What does that mean? That means the kingdom is being attacked. Satan is attacking the kingdom. Even though he knows the kingdom, the kingdom is, is superior to his own kingdom. Yet, he attacks. He's frantic. He knows his time is short. It's about to come to an end. So he's frantic. And he wants to get as many souls deceived as possible. So he's playing very dirty these days. All you have to look around, watch the news, look at social media. Satan is playing dirty, guys. We have to wake up. We have to wake up. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And the violent take it by force. What violence here means the forceful or mighty. Literally means the mighty. It says, and the mighty, that's, what does it mean to be mighty? Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. To be mighty means to be strong in him. It says, in other words, I can paraphrase this like this. And those who are strong in the Lord will take it by force. They take it by force. You don't negotiate with the devil. Whatever you're going to possess, you have to possess by force. Spiritual force. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. James 4, 7. James 4, 7. James 4, 7. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. See that? That's, ag that's aggression. That word resist is not kind. It's not a kind action. It's aggressive. It says resist the devil, then he'll flee. The word flee means to run as in terror. Why would he run as in terror? Because he has been terrorized. What's he telling us to do? He's telling us to terrorize the devil. Terrorize him. Don't be the one who's the victim. Let him be the one who's the victim. Let's turn the tables. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. My goodness, glory to God. This year you will turn the tables. You will turn the tables on the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ. If you have been on the receiving end from this year, you will turn things around. Satan will be on the receiving end because you are moving forward and you will possess your possession in 2021 in the name of Jesus. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And finally, the right confession. Number one, the right mindset. Number two, the right attitude. And number three, the right confession. Hebrews 4 verse 14. Hebrews 4 verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Wow. Now the word confession here is a very interesting Greek word. It's, it's a word which means to, it literally means to, to speak the same thing that God speaks. To speak in harmony with God. To say what God says. To make sure that your voice is consistent with the voice of God. Hallelujah. That's confession. So we must have the right confession. God never speaks fear. God never speaks confusion. God will never say, I'm confused. We should never say so. Praise the Lord. You know, we tend to emphasize a lot of things which we shouldn't. We don't deny the facts, but we shouldn't emphasize the facts. What we should emphasize is the truth. So I shouldn't be talking about how sick I am. I'm so sick. I'm so sick. I'm so blah, 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 blah. The more you do that, the sicker you get. Talk about the solution, not the problem. Hallelujah. That's how God operates. God is a God of faith. And so God calls things that be not as though they are. We're to do the same. Our confession is important. We're to speak truth. So this year, for instance, you are to say something like this. This year, I will repossess my possessions. Come on, let's say it together. Say this year, 2021, I am repossessing my possession. I am repossessing my inheritance. I am repossessing my wealth. I am possessing my peace. I'm possessing my joy. I'm possessing my health. I'm possessing soundness of mind. I am possessing my success. I'm possessing my promotion. I am possessing my breakthrough. I am possessing it. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. That's how you talk. You see, you talk in line with what Jesus has done. You talk in line with what the blood of Jesus is speaking. It always speaks victory. You must always speak victory. You don't speak death. Hallelujah. Glory to God, all right? All right, so, so the right confession is important, but it says hold fast, which means when you start speaking, Satan will start doing all kinds of things around you to get you to change what you are saying. So he's telling us, hold fast and make sure no matter how you feel, no matter how the circumstances look, make sure you only speak what you know is consistent with the word of God. What you know is consistent with the finished work of Jesus. Hallelujah. No matter what you feel. If you can't say the right thing, then keep quiet. Very important. If you can't say the right thing, if you're tempted to say something that contradicts, then you must keep quiet. You must keep quiet. Amen. The right confession. Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast. Hold fast. Hold fast. Somebody say, I am holding fast. I am holding fast to the right confession. In 2021, I'm holding fast. Look at what it says in Hebrews 10 verse 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope. That word hope is the word expectation. So you are expecting something good from God this year. I know you are. It says, start saying it and don't change. Don't change your vocabulary. Don't change your words. Keep saying. Make sure your voice is consistent. Is consistent with what you are expecting God to do in your life this year. Hold fast the confession of our expectations. Without wavering. Don't waver. For he, is, for he who promised is faithful. Faithful to bring it to pass. Listen guys, if you say it and you keep saying it, if you keep saying it, it will come to pass. 
I'm telling you guys, I've seen this happen too many times. There are times I've had to say things when I didn't feel like it. And I just kept saying it. And I just kept saying it. And after some time, I saw it. It became a reality. It became a manifested, tangible reality. Because I didn't change my words. Praise the Lord. What are you expecting this year? What are you expecting between now and the end of this year? What are you expecting? Will you say it? Will you keep saying it? And whatever the devil throws at you, you endure hardness. Hallelujah. You have a mindset of dominion. You fight back. You put the devil under your feet. You refuse to give in. You refuse to quit. And you keep speaking it. And you keep speaking it. If you keep saying it, you will have it. I promise you. That's the word of God. You know, some years ago, when I just recently gave my life to Christ, you know, something happened. I used to have a problem with illness. I used to have, I used to suffer from chronic migraines and chronic asthma. I mean, it wasn't just uh, like a disease condition. It was terrible. It was really terrible. I mean, when I would have the migraine attacks, they would last for as long as eight hours. And during those eight hours, I would be blind. Won't see anything anymore. And then I'll be semi-paralyzed. Can't move around. Have to lie down somewhere. Just darkness everywhere. This is what I call oppression. And this has been, had been happening in my life since I was 15. And then at the same time, I would have asthmatic attacks, bad asthmatic attacks. I almost died several times. And that one started when, when I was about five. So I'm, I'm facing these things. And whenever I'm under some kind of stress, it just triggers these, these manifestations. And then I gave my life to Christ. And I just, you know, loved Jesus and I'd go to church. But these things were still happening to me. It was even getting worse after I gave my life to Christ. I'll be honest with you. It was getting worse. It was getting worse. And so I remember sitting in a service. And someone, the pastor was teaching. Thank God for good ministries who, who convey sound doctrine. Just like the Fountain of Life Church. Thank God for such churches. And I was there sitting down and the man of God was talking about our authority in Christ. And he says, he says, when it comes to sickness, we have to learn how to take authority. He says, when you're sick, you have to speak God's word. You have to say something like, I, uh, I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. And so I am healed. And I was like, wow, this is strange never heard anything like this but it triggered something in me it wasn't long after I was in my room this was towards my final exam in, in university and every time I began to study I started having migraines I had to miss many exams because of that I had to I had to there's some exams I would go to the exam to sit down and I couldn't finish it because I couldn't see anymore and they had to lead me out and I had to now explain to the examiner so they wouldn't think I was trying to play games. So here I am studying for my final exams and then the signs begin to come. The certain signs that will come. And I have to take my medication quickly or else it's too late. So once the signs began to come, there are three phases. Once it gets to the second phase, if I don't take my medication, then it's too late. So I was studying and it got to the first phase and quickly before I knew it was at the second phase, I was like, wow, this is an attack. And so I began to move towards the fridge to get my medication. And I was just halfway between my study desk and the fridge. And then I heard the voice of God. I don't mean here, I mean in my spirit. And he said to me, now you are son of God. Start to act like one. Wow. That, that got me. I just froze. I knew what he meant. It was in reference to the message I just heard a few days ago. So I stopped. And I just did what I saw the pastor do. I went, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. God is my witness, it got worse. 
it escalated. Wow. I did again. I put my hand again. I said, in the name of Jesus, I am healed. It got worse again. This time it was really bad. I was getting to the point where blindness was beginning to set in from my peripheral vision. It was coming right to cover all my sight. I could, I could, I could, I could, I could feel it. I could see it. And then anger just rose up from inside. A righteous anger rose from within me. And I went, in the name of Jesus, oh, I'm healed. And when I did that, I felt something physical leave my head. It was like there was a helmet on my head. And when I did that, it left. And all the symptoms were gone. All those signs that would lead to that final part where I'll be paralyzed. Ah. I was shocked, so I just went back to my desk and I began to study. Uh, I didn't want to think about it, so I began to study frantically. Three hours after, nothing. It's unusual. I mean, for me to even sit down to study for three hours was a problem. I was a bit tired, so I went and lay down and I slept off. Woke up in the morning feeling fresh and healthy. No signs. Wow. I was so excited. I knew something had broken. I had broken through something, but it took a fight. It took a fighting attitude for me to break through. You know what happened next? I noticed the asthma stopped. You know, I can just imagine whatever demon was causing the asthma. When he saw the way I dealt with the migraine, said, you know what? There's no need hanging around this guy. Let's just leave. That was the last time I had asthma. Amazing just left then after some weeks I was somewhere doing something and I and I got one of those signs one of those like a flash will come from one side and because this was now so real to me I just turned my head and looked in that direction I just looked with a threatening look and I just felt it back off this happened a couple of times and I would just look and I'll back off they knew I meant business now. Even my eyes had a fight in them. And that was it, guys. That's how that all those years of migraine stopped there. All those years of, of asthma stopped there. Hallelujah. That oppression ended because I took a stand. I refused to budge. I decided to fight so I could possess my possession. And I did. This is the same thing in any area. Any area you need to possess, you've got to fight the good fight. You've got to fight the good fight. You've got to adopt the fighting spirit. You've got to refuse to quit because your time has come. This is your time to shine. No devil will stop you. No devil will stop your shine. In 2021. Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me pray for you. You can even stretch your hands towards the screen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single one of these. I thank you for strength in the inner man. I thank you for strength to fight. I thank you for strength to overcome. I thank you for strength to resist. I thank you for strength to speak and to hold fast to, to, to their confessions in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for making a way where there seems to be no way in 2021. I thank you for going ahead of us and clearing the way for us. I thank you for paralyzing the enemies. That by the time we get to them, they're full of fear. They will hear about us before we arrive. I thank you for great victories. Great victories in 2021. I thank you for great testimonies in 2021. Mind-boggling testimonies in 2021. Hallelujah. And I thank you that as a result of this conference, this word explosion, your people will arise 
they will shine. They will press in. They will press through. And they will possess their possessions in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all. Thank you so much, Pastor Tywo and Pastor Namthi, for the opportunity. We thank you. As a church, we thank you for always being an example to us, for being a mentor to us. We give God praise for your life. In the name of Jesus, God bless you all. Thank you. We know that you have been tremendously blessed by this message. For additional information, please contact us at the Fountain of Life Church, 12 Industrial Estate Road, by PZ Industries, off Town Planning Way, Ilupeju, Lagos. Or write P.O. Box 698, Shomonu, Lagos. Thank you and God bless you.